From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. As our 2021 NP Week series on nurse practitioner leaders continues, I'm so pleased to welcome the 2020 mayor and current councilwoman for the city of Yorba Linda, California. She is a certified family nurse practitioner specializing in cosmetic dermatology treatments, skin care, disease prevention, and health promotion wellness, and the founder of the Lux Aesthetic Center in Orange County. Her work as a city leader is proof of the huge impact nurse practitioners can have when we step up in unconventional roles. Please help me welcome Yorba Linda Councilwoman, Dr. Beth Haney. Welcome to NP Pulse, Beth. We're so excited to have you with us today. Thank you, April, for inviting me to be on this podcast. Yeah, I, you know, when you and I talked the other day, I was super excited about our time today because you have such a fantastic and fascinating history and journey of, of being a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and now to where you are today um, and, and, and as a representative on the council and, and having served as mayor in your community. And I'm just so excited about having you on the show today and also during Nurse Practitioner Week, because I know we're going to talk about a lot that has to do with National Nurse Practitioner Week. But let's start at the beginning. Tell, tell me a little bit more about um, your, your journey and where you started as a nurse practitioner and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, if I can remember back that far. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I originally, so I was born and raised in California. And then in my 20s, I decided to move to Arizona. And then when I moved to Arizona, I decided that I'm going to go to medical school. And so when I started researching that, I realized that they wanted a bachelor's degree in in anything, you know, to to apply to medical school. So I thought, well, I'm mm-hmm. going to get my bachelor's degree in nursing because that way I'd have a familiarity with the language and the the medications. And, um, you know, I thought it would just give me a good foundation. And so as I was finishing up my bachelor's degree, um, one of my professors suggested that or strongly encouraged me, I should say, um, to go into the nurse practitioner program. And I thought that that was a great fit. And I loved, you know, Loma Linda. That's where I went to school. And so I got my uh, nurse practitioner degree or my master's degree in nurse practitioner certificate from Loma Linda University and then um, started working in Arizona, which is a full practice authority state, as we all know, and uh, started working there in a family practice office for a year or two and Then uh, during that time, I got engaged to Mike, who lived in California, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to open up a practice in California. So I contacted the California Board of Registered Nursing and asked them about, you know, opening a practice and they vehemently shut me down. They said, oh no, nurse practitioners cannot open their own practice in California. And they were almost, um, yeah, it was, it was very enlightening. And so I thought, well, I'm going to anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to see what it's going to take to open up a practice because I knew that other nurse practitioners had um, practices in California. Uh, so just right I, over the state line from where you had a full practice. Exactly. You go to California exactly. and, and know. Yeah. Wow. Suddenly you're, you're not able to practice uh, to your full extent. So I thought, uh, well, I better get involved with my state nurse practitioner organization. And okay. so at that time, when I moved back, I joined the California Association for Nurse Practitioners okay. and uh, quickly got into the county leadership. And then I got on to the state leadership team and uh, so for 13 years or so, I served on the board of the California Association for Nurse Practitioners in some kind of leadership capacity. And it, and it culminated in uh, me serving as president uh, and then immediate past president. Okay. And so through that experience, I learned a lot about, you know, nurse practitioner policy and the regulations in California and how restricted it is here uh, but meanwhile, I jumped through all of the legal hoops and regulatory hoops and then ended up opening a, a practice here in 2006. Okay. So I've had it for almost, yeah, for 15 years. Okay. So t- tell us a little bit about your practice, that practice. Tell us what you do there. So that practice, I it's a non-surgical cosmetic dermatology practice or an okay. aesthetics practice. And we do um, uh, laser, like the, the CO2 laser resurfacing and the intense pulse light treatments and uh, the dermal filler injections, the Botox and Dysport injections. Uh, and I ha- also have an esthetician that does facials and hydrofacials um, and, and general skincare, and she is amazing. And then I have, um, I've hired... Uh, nurse practitioners to mm-hmm. also do the medical the medical treatments along alongside me and uh, an, a registered nurse mm-hmm. as well so that's it's been it's it's really fun it's very challenging to own a business in california mm-hmm. um yeah and you employ and then, nurse practitioners that says yes. a lot yes. that says a lot so yes. wow so 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 you moved to California, you found out that you couldn't start a practice there. You got very engaged in the California Association of Nurse Practitioners, and you s- stayed there working through there, learning health policy, were president and, and, and really worked quite a bit in that arena for many years, kind of helping nurse practitioners better understand um, what exactly full practice authority is. And, and, then, and then tell us more about Now you went from there to health policy on a broader area or a broader arena and took on the job of public servant and, and, and ran for council and, and then were mayor. So how did you make that jump and and why? Oh, so yes, I was going to, I was transitioning off the 
the CANP board. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I noticed that there was a, because I still had a very strong desire to help the community, you know, broadly, uh, and also to promote and advocate for nurse practitioners. And so I uh, was already involved with AANP on the um, policy committee and, and things like that for several years. And so I, um, I noticed that a council seat was open um, in Yorba Linda and mm-hmm. I thought, and you, you know, in the city that I live. And so I thought, well, I'm rolling off the CANP board. So I wanted to, to spread the word and basically educate the public broader, more broadly, uh, than I have been doing. Mm-hmm. And so I ran for a city council seat and, uh, ended up winning and I, Un, I accidentally unseated an incumbent uh, who was running, rerunning for his seat. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really great because I'm able to advocate and promote nurse practitioners and nurse practitioner practice uh, to a broader audience when I'm serving in the, uh, in my capacity as mayor and then also as council member. Wow. So you're serving the community and being a council member or mayor, it's not just about health care. It's about a whole lot more. It's about the infrastructure of your community, where you live, where your neighbors live, where your community members live. They're learning more about you as a nurse practitioner. You've got to practice there. So you're not only just impacting nurse practitioners, you are impacting consumers. You're impacting the public, and they are learning what nurse practitioners do. I, I just think that's fantastic. I think it's a huge step to say, you know what, I'm going to go into public service and I'm going to educate more as to the NP role, but I'm also going to serve my community in a much broader way. I think that says so much. Now we are, um, I, you've talked about a lot. And so I, you're making me think we've got to go into a lot more things. We've got to talk about what is full practice authority. So let's start there. So <laughs> So I, I um, have been, you know, it seemed like I was preaching to the choir when I was talking to, you know, at, at conferences and whatnot, and telling other nurse practitioners how full practice authority works and how wonderful mm-hmm. we are and how wonderful our patient outcomes are uh, with full practice authority. But, but still, we were having such trouble getting the public educated, and and that's really one of the reasons that I ran for public office. But mm-hmm. for a full practice, I realized that there's a lot of infor- misinformation out there, such as mm-hmm. they were afraid they were going to have to open up their own practice or mm-hmm. that their physician colleagues would no longer speak to them if we had full practice authority. And basically, full practice authority just allows NPs to practice to their full extent of education and experience under the sole licensing authority of the Mm -hmm. state board of nursing. And, and it also allows us to practice without restrictions, but not above our level of, of experience and education. It's just so that we can practice to our level, which is what you thought you could do when you came across (laughs) the state line from Arizona to California and then you realized you couldn't, and then you set on a mission to make it happen. And I just think that's so impressive. And um, and not only that, you are serving in a role beyond being a nurse practitioner, you're serving in a public servant role. And so often we are encouraging nurse practitioners to step out and and not only be practice owners and 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 expand their 
um, their abilities in terms of practice and education and research and, and leadership. But don't be afraid to take that executive nurse leader job or don't be afraid to run for public office in something that you're not as familiar because we really need nurse practitioners in those roles. So tell me, mm-hmm. do you feel being a nurse practitioner has helped you be a better mayor? Oh, absolutely. Uh So, you know, being a nurse and a nurse practitioner, we are trained in evidence-based practice. We're trained to and educated to, you know, if something's not working, start from the beginning and see, is the, is the monitor plugged in? You know, (laughs) is, is the battery charged? I mean, you start at the basic and then you work your way up to see what, you know, what the issue might be. And so, um, organizational leadership in, CAMP and AAMP and cities are very, very similar. And so if you have experience in your state organization, you're going to learn a lot of how um, organizations work. Like, you mm-hmm. know, at AAMP and CAMP, we have staff that does certain things. And at the city level and even at the state and and uh, federal level, you have staff that that helps. And so you it's it's really important to to become involved um, politically because if we are not involved if we don't become involved politically uh, and get a seat at the table then we we are missing out on opportunity to advance our profession right and um, so it's just it's just very important to to become involved and uh, make that make that jump it's not it's not as hard as you think well, and we want to hear about that, how to make that jump, because it doesn't seem, it seems kind of hard. It seems like a big jump, but wow, what, what you have done is you, you've stepped up and you said, I'm going to, I'm a stakeholder and I'm going to be at the table and I'm going to contribute back to my community and, and, and we're going to educate all about what nurse practitioners do. So tell us one way um, you did that because we're in approaching National Nurse Practitioner Week. We're in National, mm-hmm. National mm-hmm. Nurse Practitioner Week, and which is one of the reasons we were so excited to have you on. Um, but there's something we do every year at National Nurse Practitioner Week, and that is this proclamation. So tell me, tell us a little bit or tell our, our listening audience a little bit more about what you've done in terms of the proclamations. <laughs> I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The proclamations, as you know, they're um, public acknowledgments of events or groups um, that that impact communities. And so Nurse Practitioner Week, you know, when we get the proclamation from governors and senators and and that it's, uh, you know, they're publicly proclaiming that they understand the value of nurse practitioners. And so AANP has a great uh, template for people to use. Uh, that that describes, you know, we see over a billion patients a year or patient visits a year mm-hmm. and what we do. And it's just a it's a fantastic template. And so when I was elected in 2016, I um, I thought, well, I'm going to do clearly in your Belinda, my city, we're going to proclaim nurse practitioner week. And then I there's 34 cities in Orange County. So I okay. emailed every single mayor <laughs> to ask them to proclaim nurse practitioner week as well and um well more than half did the first the first year and Uh so now we're up to 19 and um hopefully more you know by the end of nurse practitioner week but um what they do is they they 
uh, hold a public meeting, you know, one mm-hmm. of their one of their city council meetings, and then they proclaim, you know, nurse practitioner week, the week of in November where it falls. And then they read the proclamation aloud to the public in their city. Mm-hmm. So the whole city gets to hear what nurse practitioners do, all of the residents. And it's just a different audience than what us as nurse practitioners who we're talking to. We're talking to our patients. Yes, they know mm-hmm. mostly what nurse practitioners do and who we are. Um, and our or hospital systems. Other. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. each other. We get it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm. I want to cast a wider net and reach more people, especially our public, because we need the public's support to advance um, our agendas for our patients. And so, uh, yeah, and one of the mayors said, oh, my gosh, Beth, thank you so much for for having us proclaim Nurse Practitioner Week. I didn't even know what a nurse practitioner was. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 2019. How do you not know what a nurse practitioner is, you know? So but I figured, gosh, that's that's one mayor that did not know go. what we were. And and that's one person. And and I'm sure more people in the city because this city is very big. And you've but, impacted um, just by doing the proclamations alone. I mean, you've done uh-huh. so much, but just that alone, you've educated so many in the public and your colleagues other mayors and and they have in turn assigned the proclamation in big public events so mm-hmm. you have reached a much much broader and vast audience i think that says so much in itself um mm-hmm. so so beth tell us a little bit about running so i know you is it difficult to run so so i'm a nurse practitioner if i saw that there was an opening on our legislative board is that hard to run? Can you tell us a little bit about campaigning? Mm-hmm. How can nurse practitioners make that jump? So it really depends on your city, the size of your city and how much time you have, because it can be campaigning can be a full time job. I remember my husband and I were up until sometimes the poor guy was out at midnight putting signs up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, those horrible uh, signs that litter your streets uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep, exactly. And it, I just, I hired a, um, campaign consultant who was very experienced, very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. and his candidates were very successful. So that's one thing that I would, that I would recommend is that you look into a campaign consultant because they'll be able to help okay. you down this road. Um, but he, you know, I said it was, there were three things that I just was not going to do no matter what. And so when we met, I said, I do not want those horrible yard signs there. You know, they litter the streets and that. And he said, uh, no, you're absolutely having those. And I said, oh, OK, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm not going to do a direct mail piece because I own a business and those direct mail pieces, they get thrown in the trash right away. They're a waste of money. He's like, mm, nope, you're absolutely doing that, too. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Okay. And then I said, uh, well, well, this is one thing I'm going to stand firm on. I am not going to do a negative campaign. I don't want to blast other people. I said, if I can't win on my own merits without disparaging others, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, you've got, you can, you can do that one. And so he, uh, he was very, very helpful. And that's one of the things is that the reason, first of all, you have to raise money. And as mm-hmm. nurses and nurse practitioners, I, I think I speak for the majority of us when I say we don't like asking for money. I don't know right. that anyone loves asking for money. So that's very difficult. 
also you don't you're not selling people anything you know we don't like to sell it's like we're just offering information during our patient visits we offer information we you know recommend what patients should do mm-hmm. and in this case you are actually trying to sell yourself and sell your your agenda and your your platform to people so it's two things that me personally i don't like to do is ask for money and try and sell myself mm-hmm. and so those are two things that um Actually, they they have to happen. And so the reason that you're raising money is because you, first of all, need to pay your campaign consultant. You also need to pay your treasurer because there's a lot of political uh, campaign contribution laws. And a lot of times you're not going to know them all. And you could make Mm -hmm. a mistake very innocently and not even know it. So you would hire a treasurer, uh, possibly a campaign consultant, and then those those signs that you get Mm -hmm. what i found during my campaign was that the more of those yard signs that you have in people's yards um down the busy streets in your city the more popular people believe you are Mm -hmm. which i thought was interesting yeah and i'm like okay and then those direct mail pieces how they work you know because i had kind of an advantage because I owned a business in my city for 15 years and we advertised Mm -hmm. every month. So people were used to seeing my face, used to seeing my name, used to seeing my business. So that was definitely um, the way that I got um, name recognition in my city. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to increase name recognition, but you do need to either be more involved in your community somehow, if you don't have a business or a practice you know, and that would that would help with that. But the the direct mail pieces, when I used those for my business years and years ago, they were just mm-hmm. it seemed like a waste of money. They were just right. um, people would look trash. at them. Yeah, yep. people mm-hmm. look at them for one second, throw them in the trash. Well, in a campaign, if you'll notice in your own mailbox during campaign season, you get dozens of these and they are they're almost annoying it's like oh my gosh if i get another one from you know Mm -hmm. john doe that he's running for congress i'm going to freak out (laughs) so but the the direct mail pieces are important because when people look at those even if it's for one second they're getting more name recognition so those are expensive too so all all together to run for office in my city of sixty-eight thousand, it was about thirty thousand dollars altogether Okay. And then being a nurse practitioner, you know, you can put there's certain ballot designations you can put on the ballot. And if you use the word nurse, mm-hmm. it really it means a lot, because, as you might know, we are the most trusted profession in mm-hmm. the country uh, and people people do trust us. And so that is a heavy responsibility, too. If you do get elected, you have got to maintain that trust and act you know, responsibly and take accountability for, for what it is you say and do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just inherent in with nurses. So a camp, so a campaign consultant, that's one important step because it sounds like they really know what they're talking about. They mm-hmm. coach you through all the different, um, th- coach you through the process. And then you have to raise funds um, in order to, you know, afford something. I mean, $30,000 is a lot of money. And so people have to invest in your campaign. They believe in you. And um, so do you often have people contact you and say, hey, Beth, I, I want to run for this or I want to run for that. Can you help me? Do you mentor others in running for office? 
Yeah. So it's funny that you asked that because, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, I was just, I was just on a webinar for the, um, American Nurses Association, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about just this habit, you know, advocating for nurses to become, uh, uh, elected to public office because mm-hmm. we really need nurses. They, right. and it doesn't really matter. Like for example, um, at the city level, it's nonpartisan. So you don't declare Democrat, independent, Republican. Okay. You're just there helping your community. State mm-hmm. office is different. And so is federal, as you know, but, um, it, it, you know, county office is another option, school board. There's all kinds of, of ways to, to, uh, to get involved. Even, even being on a commission in your city, if you wanted to start there, uh, mm-hmm. apply for a commissioner position at the city. And, um, uh, you know, that's a great way to, to get to know some of the city officials and, and things like that. But yeah, I definitely, I will help whoever needs help, but whoever has any questions, I'm more than happy to to give whatever information I can. I think that. that's great. <clears throat> I, I mean, the, the the very simple philosophy of if you're a stakeholder, you need a seat at the table has applied throughout your career over and over and over again. And so you've gotten a seat at the table in so many ways. And I just think that's so impressive. And so now you have a seat at the table in your local community and you're serving that community and now you're able to just really educate and give back, but educate to the NP role and give back to the community. And that says so much. And, um, and, and encourage so many other nurse practitioners out there. Don't be afraid. It's, it's, it's not monumentally difficult. There is a stepwise process if you want to get involved. So don't be inf- afraid to get involved because sometimes that's what's really going to take to move things forward, like full practice authority to where we can practice to the full extent of our education and training is that we need to be a legislator. We need to be there talking to our colleagues in the legislature every day. And what better way to do that than to be sitting at the table with them, working on common issues um, then, and, and be able to tell them, okay, just like you told your, your friend that mm-hmm. was a mayor, he said, oh, this is what a nurse mm-hmm. practitioner does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes exactly. a huge impact. Exactly. Yeah. And so also sitting on council, you know, serving on council and uh, even as a council member, not even just not just mayor, but the state senator and, you know, our state senator and assembly member, they they are always wanting to meet with us, you know, regarding Mm -hmm. other funding or other programs and things like that. And every single time I tell I mentioned nurse practitioners and oh, by the way, we have a bill coming up or we have this policy and that. And so they um, I am proud to say that I have impacted our uh, local legislators on uh, how they they have voted. I mean, I'm not saying that I told them how to vote and they did, but they Mm -hmm. just from from meeting with me they understood what what it took and they either voted yes or abstained or you know we just did not uh have any any issues at all and it's been it's been very very helpful so they better understand they know you yep. they better understand the role um they all those misconceptions and that misinformation kind of goes away because they know exactly what mm-hmm. a nurse practitioner does and what they can bring to the community mm-hmm. and so you've done so much you've come such a long way and 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 my hope is that everyone in California, all nurse practitioners in California can open 
their practices Mm -hmm. and care for the people and that live in their community. That's really how we are going to be able to provide accessible health care, quality health care for all. Mm-hmm. So Beth, you have just done so much throughout your career and and, and given back to your California um, Nurse Practitioner Association. You've also given tremendous amount to the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. I can't tell you how much um, gratitude I have for you for that because I've followed you and watched you through the years. You've been mm-hmm. such a mentor and kind of on a pedestal for nurse <laughs> practitioners like me. You're a fellow for the American Association of Nurse Practitioners. And oh, by the way, I think you've got some fantastic news to share um, that now you're a fellow of the American Academy of Nursing. That's huge. Yes, I I was just um, selected for that. And, and I'm so proud of that. That has been a really a dream of mine mm-hmm. for for years. And just to be recognized by by the academy as a fellow is is uh, just a huge a huge honor for me. I'm so excited and recognized for all that we've just talked about today. I mean, I think they r- recognized all of the work and your career long commitment to nursing and to nurse practitioner practice and to healthcare and to your community, not just your local community, but the national and the global community. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for everything that you have given back to our profession. Oh, gosh, it's really my pleasure. And I I hope to do even more. (laughs) And I'm sure you will. This is just the beginning, I think, (laughs) Mm -hmm. of seeing all that you will do, your publications, your presentations, your different endeavors that you're involved in. We just thank you so much. You're just a true exemplar of nurse practitioner practice. Oh, thank you so much, April. That means a lot to me. Thank you, Beth. When we step up, it is clear to me that NPs are the solution to so many of the public health issues facing our communities today. Thank you for all that you're doing for your town. AAMP's 2021 NP Week membership discount continues. I want to urge you to become part of your national professional association and add your voice to 119,000 of our NP colleagues nationwide. All this week, you can save $21 on an NP membership to AANP. Simply visit aanp.org to join and use the discount codes listed in this episode's description. This week, the world celebrates you and the incredible work you do going the extra mile each and every day. Please subscribe to this podcast, share with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm.